hello and welcome to Yeah Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast. This is the first episode of Season 3. I decided to combine my usual intro episode into the season and the first episode together to kind of create slightly longer episodes in this season go-around. I found that as the games progress, they get longer and longer, and anyway, this just kind of works out. So you might hear a few references to, hey, in last episode when I was introducing Final Fantasy III, uh, you know, mentions like that, just ignore those and enjoy the episode, and hopefully you're not going to mind too much of some of the repetition that goes on between the intro and the first episode. Hello and welcome to Yaf Podcast, uh, yet another Final Fantasy podcast. My name is Antonin Januska, and this is the first episode of Season 3. I believe I always start with a zero, so you're going to see this as a zeroth episode of Season 3. And that is because this is an intro episode, and I wanted to have the numbering system correspond more to the different sections of the game. So I am introducing Final Fantasy 3. It's a game that I've never played. I know nothing about it. I know even less than about the original Final Fantasy or about Final Fantasy 2. And I'm kind of excited to play it. The weird thing about this game is is some of its history. So it is another game that came out for the Famicom and it is a game that never got remade the same way that Final Fantasy 2, Final Fantasy 1 or Final Fantasy 4 got remade. This is a game that made it to the United States very late. Not for the PS1, not for the GBA, but for the Nintendo DS in 2006. So this game originally came out in 1990 and it took 16 years before that game made it outside of Japan. And the remake is a lot different than the remake remakes that I'm used to. So the Final Fantasy 1 and 2 remakes were more like, you know, let's update the graphics to SNES era, because I always see the Game Boy Advance and the PS1, I get, not the PS1 version, but the Game Boy Advance as the portable SNES, right? So the Final Fantasy 1 and 2 got that retro, still 2D remake feel to it. It feels a lot more like the, I, wanna, I don't want to say better games of the series, but the more advanced games of the series like Final Fantasy 4, which is a fan favorite, apparently. Final Fantasy 3 skipped this treatment. There was apparently a remake scheduled for the Wonderswan Color, which I don't even know that handheld, and eventually it was cancelled, and eventually it came out for the Nintendo DS. Now since then it came out for the, uh, let's see, for the Android, there was an Android port, there was a PSP port, it looks like, and then there's a Windows port, which is just the port of the Android version. So I'm actually going to be playing the Steam version, and I wanted to talk about this decision real quick. The first reason for this decision is that I'm not really a fan of the original SNES, or not the SNES, the NES era. I'm not a fan of these older, older games that you play and they're broken, right? So whenever I've heard anybody discuss Final Fantasy 1 or 2, the original NES or Famicom versions, they didn't talk about it so positively. And in a lot of ways when you watch, or not a lot of ways, but in when you watch some of the YouTube reviews and discussions about these games, they'll often point to a remake that fixes a lot of things and makes the game a lot more enjoyable. Kind of like the rose-colored glasses that you kind of really need now to play some of these older games. Final Fantasy 1 and 2 was done just fantastically. It was a lot of fun for me. And Final Fantasy 3 doesn't have this 2D remake. It was a huge bummer and I spent weeks and weeks trying to decide which version of the game I should play. I talked to a few people about it. I talked to, well, I want to say Final Fantasy experts essentially about this. Any people that I know that have extensive history and experience with these games. And the uniform decision or the unanimous 
Karma's decision was basically to play the DS version. And that was a little bit confusing to me. I figured everybody would recommend that I play the NES version. And they basically all unanimously said, look, the NES version is not that good. It's more difficult than Final Fantasy 1 or Final Fantasy 2. It's, you know, it's supposed to be better. And in some ways it is, but there are just so many difficult things about this game that it's not worth it. I don't know what to really think about that. And I hope that one day I get the chance and time to replay the original Final Fantasy 3 for the Famicom. And therein came my next problem. There is no English official version of the original Final Fantasy 3. I looked and there are obviously some fan-made translations, but even, even with those, that's difficult to judge the story of the game if this is not the official remake. I'm not saying that none of the Final Fantasy games suffered from translation issues. Final Fantasy 2 apparently did a lot. Final Fantasy 4 tra- uh, suffered terribly from translation issues. But at least that was like the canon, right? Like, this is Final Fantasy 4. This is how they translated it. I need to trust in that. With fan remakes, it's kind of like, all right, well, were these fan remakes faithful to the original? Was it done in a specific style? I don't know. I looked more and more into this issue and found that the Japanese Famicom version did come out for the Virtual Console on the Wii in Japan and for the Wii U in Japan. And that was kind of a blow for me. The next issue that I came up across was that I was really hoping to pick up my Switch and finally play some games on there, some of the Final Fantasy games. But inconveniently, Final Fantasy 3 is not among the games that's available on the Switch. Neither is Final Fantasy 2 or Final Fantasy 1. You can imagine my disappointment because I really want to use my Switch and I keep playing on my PC. I don't want to play on my PC anymore. I want to go somewhere else and play it. Especially since a lot of these ports that are on PC only are PC only. They don't even work on Linux or anything like that. And my laptop is a Linux first machine. I mean, the emulators would have worked, I guess. I'm really bummed. Though one, the other thing that I want to mention is that Final Fantasy 3 that came out in the US was actually the Final Fantasy 6. So I think I've mentioned this in the Final Fantasy 2 episode, but um, the US skipped a bunch of games. So Final Fantasy 1 in Japan is Final Fantasy 1 in the US. Final Fantasy 2 in the US was actually Final Fantasy 4 in Japan. So they skipped to the SNES console. Final Fantasy 3 in the US was Final Fantasy 6 in Japan. So again, they skipped a couple, uh, they skipped a game there. Um, I will not be playing Final Fantasy 6. I'm going by the original Japanese order, which I am kind of getting frustrated that people keep asking me because I feel like, look, we're all just going by the official Japanese order. Can we just like stick to that and not have to discuss, oh, which Final Fantasy 3 are you playing? No, 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 there's, that's Final Fantasy 6. Why don't we just say, hey, I'm playing the SNES version of Final Fantasy 6 when you are referring to the US release of Final Fantasy 3. Because really, it's just so confusing. So I will be playing the DS version, but not the actual DS version. Another thing I looked into were the differences between the different remakes, right? So the Final Fantasy 3, the first 3D, and this is full 3D remake of this game, it's supposed to have a very similar story. We'll get into that. So the first release was 2006. Uh, when it came out in 2011 for the iOS, 2012 on the Android, 2012 PSP, and you can just kind of keep going down the list. Oh, we got a Windows Phone version, which is hilarious. I, I love to win those phone. But it came out in uh, for, for Steam in 2014. And I was wondering, what is the difference between all of these versions? And there are a few different reasons why you'd want to pick one over the other. I, do, I wanted to stay away from phone gaming because phones tend to either have worse graphics or content cut or they're unstable. I just, I don't really trust it. I wanted to get the DS version and I almost ordered a car, uh, a, a, yeah, it's a cartridge online. 
for the DS, but I ended up looking at down this like Reddit thread and talking to a few people and I decided to go with the Steam version. So the Steam version is a port of the Android version and the Android version is supposed to be pretty faithful to the DS version, right? So it's a, it's a copy of a copy of a copy, right? Because the first remake was iOS or sorry, you had the Nintendo DS version. The iOS version was a copy of that. The Android version was a copy of that. And finally, the Steam version is a copy of the Android version. So there are quite a few things that might have changed along the way. But the main reason to pick the Steam version over the DS version are online capabilities. So with the DS being so old, the servers that were needed to run to get some whatever features don't run anymore, but they do run for the Steam version. And the Steam version just got a massive update a couple weeks ago that has received some really bad reviews, which is fun. You know, that's something to look forward to. So I've been talking a lot about these versions and the main thing I want to mention about the DS version or or the 3D version being different from the 2D version, version is obviously that it's 3D, but I'm going to just mention some hearsay. I didn't look into this to avoid spoilers, but the DS remake or the 3D version of the game has more of an in-depth story apparently. There's also more balancing, less broken features. So the gameplay is supposed to be very similar. Experience, the way you level up your characters is supposed to be very similar and faithful to the original. Most of what people have told me is that, hey look, this is this is a pretty faithful remake. It's just 3D, which is kind of astounding to me. I can't imagine playing a game that's a 3D version of a 2D ver- game and being like, oh yeah, this is exactly like the old game, except it's different graphics. But apparently that's the experience most people have. Or at least the people that I've talked to. I don't know much else about the game. Some of the other hearsay that I've heard, and I really wish this game had just come up for come out for the GBA. <laughs> Some of, some of the other hearsay that I've heard has been that Final Fantasy 3 was very good at putting together the best parts of uh, Final Fantasy 1 and 2. One of them is that they like revamped the way experience happened. They stayed more faithful, faithful to the Final Fantasy 2 idea of having a story. I saw a little bit of the gameplay by accident and I saw that, in fa- that they came back with the Final Fantasy 1 idea of picking your own class for your characters or picking your characters, which was a little bit surprising to me i thought that that was a you know ff1 only thing and i think i think that's about it it is the last final fantasy game for the nes or the famicom and the next one will be final fantasy 4 which i know is critically acclaimed and just one of the best games of all time apparently so i wonder how the final fantasy 3 will feel i'm not really sure what else to say about it this game is supposed to be well actually let's check how long it's gonna take to beat the game is supposed to take around 30 hours to complete. 30 hours! I don't know if I want to spend 30 hours on it. That's a lot of time. But in comparison, the Final Fantasy 2 game was supposed to have taken 25 hours, which it could be totally true. I don't feel like I've spent that much time on that game. And then Final Fantasy 1, well, I can't even find right now on how long to beat. There we go. So Final Fantasy 1 is supposed to take around 17 to 20 hours, at least the original. I'm guessing the remakes are going to take a very similar amount of time. So this is going to be probably the longest game. It's going to be the longest game that I've played. It's going to be the longest time investment, really, which is just really incredible. Looking at the walkthrough, it looks like we have uh, four main sections of, you know, what needs to get done. And again, this walkthrough is for the NES, but I read that it's supposed to be same enough that you can use the same walkthrough. Again, blows my mind that it's the 3D skin is really just the skin. I don't know. But yeah, so there are going to be four main sections and it looks like there are, I think it's 16 different missions. 
that is quite a lot. In comparison, Final Fantasy 1 was a 10 mission thing, and Final Fantasy 2 was a 13 mission thing, and so this season will be even longer than the last one. And I'm wondering if that, that's just that theme is going to continue, though I bet it's going to taper off at around Final Fantasy 7, which is probably the longest game in this. No, I don't want to say longest game in the series, but you know, it uh, it makes it, it. It's a very fairly long game, and I can't imagine any of the other ones being much longer than this one. So I guess that's it for this episode. I hope you look forward to season three. I can't imagine. I can't believe I'm still doing it, and I'm honestly kind of waiting for the game to drop in price because I know I have a big backlog of of episodes and I hope that I can finally at some point have the podcast catch up with where I'm at so I can release episodes weekly as I actually record them and do them but for now I'm a little bit of ahead of time and yeah I'm gonna take a the much deserved break that I need hello and welcome to yaf podcast the yet another final fantasy podcast a podcast where I go through each mainline Final Fantasy game, section by section and chapter by chapter, and I record a podcast about each of those sections or chapters. I am going by a strategy wiki, wiki, whatever, and we're on season three, and this is episode one, so we're starting a brand new strategy. Just to recap, um, there should have been an intro video, a zeroth episode of season three, so you can kind of, if you've listened to it, you know I'm coming into this game super blind. Like, I knew some stuff about Final Fantasy one, I knew a little bit about Final Fantasy 2, though not a lot, and Final Fantasy 3 was completely off my radar until I started doing this podcast. I didn't know much about it, other than that there was a 3D remake for some reason, and uh, yeah. So just to put a, some background about this game, the game came out for the NES or, or Famicom, you know, very long time ago, In the, I think in the 1990s, early 1990s, and it was 2D, it was NES, and it looked very similar to the first and second Final Fantasy game, as far as I know. And I'm looking at some of the drawings and you can tell that this is like later in the NES cycle. It's not it doesn't look as bare as the first Final Fantasy game, it's much more refined, but a copy of this game didn't make it to the States or Europe for quite a while, and when it did come, it came in the form of, of a remake for the DS. Now, I'm playing the PC version, which is like a port of a port of a port of the DS version, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I took a few weeks off from Final Fantasy 2, and when I say few, I mean like less than two weeks, because I, I can't help myself. I bought the game on sale, I was waiting for it to go on sale, and then I found a game, like a Steam key seller, whatever, Green Man Gaming, I think they're called, and uh, I bought the, the key there for its usual sale price, like what you would normally buy it on regular Steam on sale. So I'm pretty happy about that. I booted up the game and God, I have so much to talk about about this game. Now, just to recap, I haven't played any of the Final Fantasy games except 1, 2, and 4. I played 4 back in the... Well, whenever it came out for the GBA, I played it shortly after. So like mid-2000s maybe, I played um, the Final Fantasy 7 a little bit. I would say I got through the first CD or the first third of the game. Um, I actually have a save that's like right before the main boss of the, the first third. And oh God, I really want to finish it. And I've played some Final Fantasy 10. And I've made, made my way halfway through Final Fantasy 13. So I'm starting to become a little bit of a more experienced Final Fantasy gamer, except that I haven't played any of the I haven't beaten any of the big main titles that everybody loves, other than 4. Um, and when I talk about this numbering, I'm always referring to the Japanese numbering, or like the numbering that you see on consoles now, right? Nobody calls Final Fantasy 4 Final Fantasy 2, which also got a 3D remake. Why? I don't get it. The PC remake, I'm, I'm playing it, there's one big difference between the NES and this version in terms of the game itself, not the graphics, and that's that Final Fantasy 3, the original version, you had, you built out your own team. 
So kind of like Final Fantasy 1, where you would create four characters, four light, warrior, light warriors, and then you could actually assign them a class. And there were different jobs and classes. And this is this is the infamous job system. If you've ever, any, ever heard anybody discuss the job system, it's in Final Fantasy 3. And I don't entirely understand it, but it looks like there is a disconnect between the character and the job. Now, back to the NES versus... PC version, what the differences are. Obviously the 3D graphics. The story is supposed to be the same and the gameplay is supposed to be the same and essentially the battle system and everything else is supposed to be the same except for a few bug fixes. This is it's really weird too because when you play this game you kind of feel like you're playing an NES game that got a major facelift. You can really feel the original Final, Fa the Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 2 feel to it from the structures of the dungeons to the bosses to the cadence of the story to even the design of the towns. Everything screams at you, hey, this is an NES era Final Fantasy game, but it looks like a 3D, you know, DS remake, which it is. I, I, I really, it, it kind of blew me away. So uh, outside of that, I will be mentioning some of the NES uh, version differences. I, uh, you know, across the episodes, I you have the strategy wiki pulled open and hopefully I'll start actually linking these at the bottom because they're fantastic guides. I don't refer to them as much anymore. If you've listened to the first season of the this podcast, you might have noticed how much I talked about, well, I went, you know, I did this and this according to the wiki. Uh, I, I started doing it at the end of Final Fantasy 2 as well because there were just, the dungeons were so long and I got so tired of trying to figure that out, them out. Uh, in this game, I'm only using the guide to figure out if I'm at the next section when I should record a podcast because I want to follow the guide as much as possible. Now, let's talk about the game. The game opens with a beautiful anime style intro. Like I watched this and I'm like, hey, this reminds me of like Final Fantasy X. Just these beautiful colors, beautiful graphics. It looks anime, but doesn't really. Like it's not, it doesn't look like it's drawn anime. It just looks really good. It has great JRPG graphics. It looks fantastic. I didn't get much from the, from the, what I saw. I saw four people ride up on chocobos, which I'm guessing is your party eventually. And there was a big flying ship so they carry that over from Final Fantasy 2, and I bet there's a Sid in this game. And then you're shown this huge crystal that extends from the ground all the way through the clouds. And then your main character, I forgot my name, main character's name. Oh my God, I forgot his name, Luneth. The main character, Luneth, falls through um, a crack in the ground and finds himself in a cave. And this is where your adventure starts. Um, so like I said, this really feels like a Final Fantasy game. So you have, you start in a dungeon, which is so fitting for this type of game, right? Like dungeons are such a staple of this game and so are random encounters. So before you even get to the first town, you go through a ton of random encounters. The game is still turn-based, like regular turn-based. You don't have like a meter fill up or anything like that. You essentially just, you take your turn and you go and that's it. The graphics are really nice. You encounter your first battle, battle like your boss very quickly. The boss is a land turtle. Now the wiki tells me a few cool things about this and I, I'm, whoever wrote this, I'm so glad. I kind of want to contribute too if I get a chance, but it's uh, the land turtle is very important in the Japanese folklore and that's kind of like a the I don't know thing about it and it says uh, it's known as Genbu. It represents the earth element, the north direction and the winter season and it's associated with the color black. I did not get any of that other than the earth element thing out of the uh, battle. The battle was pretty easy but I think it's supposed to be. 
it felt like an intro. You really, within the first like 10 minutes of the game, you learn how to equip weapons. And unfortunately, there's no optimal version of equipment anymore. You have to actually figure it out yourself. But the UI does show you how certain weapons affect your stats. So I'm actually happy about that part, at least. Outside of that, yeah, you equip a bunch of weapons, you equip a shield. I haven't used any magic yet. I'll have to try it out. And yeah, once you defeat the turtle, you're presented with the crystal. Maybe the crystal comes before the turtle. No, it comes after. And so there's this big wind crystal and it talks to you and tells, tells you about, you know, you have to find others like yourself, the light warriors. Again, Final Fantasy 1 reminds me so much of that. And yeah, and then it'll provide you with its light or something. That's what it said. Like once you get all the four people together, it'll provide you with its light to save the world from a cop apocalypse, I guess. Yeah. Now, a few other things to discuss here. Once you get out of the, once you get out of the cave, you can save. You can no longer save in a cave you can do a quick save which i don't know what that is yet but i wonder if it just uh teleports you to the beginning of that room right like the beginning of that level which i would really appreciate anyway i would enjoy that the one one thing the one gripe i have with the 3d is that the fps feels a little bit low i'm used to games that move very smoothly if you move too quickly in this game like you're running across a hall the whole game becomes a little bit blurry and you can't appreciate the graphics so i really wish they had knocked up the bumped up the the fps to like 60 and so that it just feels natural right like i played ff1 and ff2 and i know those are 2d games but you didn't have the world like blurring as you walked about right like you had at least i don't remember any blurring i don't remember having any issues with it with this game you do the game looks little bit PS1, PS2 era, which is nice. It has a nice feeling to it. Kind of reminds me of some of the newer Dragon Quest games in the the way the characters are built, right? Like the character models. The character models look, I want to say Dragon, did I just say Dragon Quest-like? Yeah. So they, they look a little bit Chib not chibi. They, they look like smaller figurines of the character. They don't look very realistic. And that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't have an issue. But it's an interesting styli stylizing of it. I think this game would have been a lot of fun in on the DS too. So let's get back to the story. So once you clear the wind crystal, now there, I was supposed to end this chapter here, but it would be so short. So I ended up walking down to the town of Ur. The town of Ur is where you're from. That's when you fell in, down a hole and find yourself in the cave. That's the town that you were like right outside of when that happened. So you go back to your town and the town is your home. That's where you grew up, grew up and hey, nobody died yet. That's cool, like all parents and whatever. So you go talk to your dad grandpa i don't know you're one of your relatives and he's an elder of the village there are like three elders you're supposed to go speak to them and one of the the one of the elders who's supposed to be your family member is like hey you're actually an orphan i found you in you know i somebody brought you over here you were soot covered and uh you were soot covered and i took you in and the elder's name is Elder to Papa, I guess. Um, you can talk to your mom in this game and she tells you about how much she loves you and wh whatever. And then you can talk to this other guy and he's like, hey, I know that you're actually an orphan, but you should treat your fa your adoptive mom the same, with the same love and respect as your real mom. I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of that statement. Yeah. And then walking around, it's kind of cool that the town has more of the forest incorporated. I think I talked about it in the first game a lot about how I wish more of the regular walking area was accessible in this greater detail in your like, you know, zoomed in version, not just the town. And this town incorporates that. There are a lot of trees. And because you're not dealing with NES, the 3D creates 
these um, uh, interesting mazes. You basically don't know if you can actually walk through there or not. And the in the NES version, you often could. So there are a lot of like hidden caves and hidden passageways. Um, in the cave, the altar cave, that's what it's called, by the way, altar cave, I think. Not altar, but altar. Altar? Altar. There, are, there were some secret passageways where it just looked like darkness and like a dark spot in the wall. If you walk against it, your character goes out of bounds, basically, and walks through the darkness into another room. I love that. This is one of my favorite things in RPGs. I love secret passageways that aren't dumb they're just you you have to rely on like your sight and i really like this idea of just you walk and walk and you find yourself in another room obviously this was incorporated in some of the other games but the other games mostly incorporated this that you would press a against the wall in a random place and the wall would open or you would just walk against the wall and it would open but because it's 3d and like higher graphics they can put like a smidgen of a crack in the wall that you would normally miss and i did miss it the first time around so you know you can walk through there now the same thing happens in the town if you walk off to the side you can actually walk into the woods and in the woods there is a well and if you walk into the well you find yourself in a cave that has like potions for you to get you started on your journey so cool i like that it felt so nature and there was a person that told you about the cave to go in there having like secrets in a town like all of this all of this is stuff that I love about RPGs. I ended up walking uh, through the woods until I found a character being bullied, I guess. His name's Ark, and he's also an orphan. And by the way, you can change the names of these characters, but the way the screen shows up, it gives you a little bit of their backstory too along the way, which I really like. And I think one of the reasons why you get that is that as Lunith, the main hero, right, you should know all these people who are your friends from within that village. So it g gave you the, the background about this character that, hey, he's also an orphan, he's super smart, blah 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 i thought he was gonna join me but he ended up not joining me he um i ran off the bullies lunath said like hey get out of here and the bullies ran off and then arc said like hey i don't want to join you because i need to deal with this on my own and disappears some you know interesting acting i guess but yeah, so the next thing that next, next, I went back to the cave to pick up some, go, to go through the secrets, basically. I didn't want to go too far ahead of the game. The guide basically ended at that point of walking out the cave. That was it. So none of the town stuff. But another part that I started exploring was, uh, uh, I just kept walking through these woods that are right outside of the town and they're not in the overworld, right? That's the important part. And I found myself at a random house out by a lake, I guess. And as I was walking toward it, I got a random battle encounter. So I got a random battle encounter in the zoomed in version of the game, right? Like I was technically in the town. I I was so excited about it. You can literally walk outside of the town, like within the zoomed in view, right? Far enough that you get battle encounters. And that makes sense to me, you know? Like you would have the main safe area, but if you walk a little bit further and you go down this random road to a house that nobody goes to, maybe you're gonna run across a goblin there and i did and i was just so excited about it i am very excited about this game you can tell i think you can tell that i'm just so psyched about it i am i'm not a really huge fan of the fact that i'm gonna be playing a 3d version of this game but i've kind of made this decision that i'm probably gonna stick to this i was looking at the 3d final fantasy 4 and i know there's a the final fantasy 5 is 2d strangely enough but final fantasy 6 is 3d remade again so i'm gonna be sticking to the more modern versions of most of these games hopefully well i know i'm not gonna get through to final fantasy 7 in this podcast but hopefully i'm gonna be playing the old version of the final fantasy 7 game by the time i get to it no firm decisions here 
can't hold me to any kind of a standard. There are a few things that uh, that I still want to mention. It's just it's so much to cover in the first episode because there are so many like initial impressions of this game. I've already mentioned that the game felt like a PS1, PS2 era game. One thing that was a little bit off was that you didn't have any voice acting. So I typically, whenever I see like a 3D game, I typically associate it with voice acting, right? Like I expect voice acting for some reason and there is none in this game. And that was a little bit jarring um, I know it's a DS era game, but the PC remake came out in 2015, so that's like five years ago. Plenty of time to, to you know, it was 10 years since the DS version. I'm sure they had plenty of time to add voice acting, even after the release, but they haven't. It, it just, it feels like, like a game that should have voice acting. I am that's what makes it feel i guess more like a ps1 uh, era game in that you know ps1 era games had 3d but they didn't have voice acting but then it looks too good for a ps1 era game so it's it's a little bit jarring you would expect a game with this these kind of graphics to have full voice acting they do not or at least partial in some of their like cutscenes or important places but you don't and i wonder if final fantasy 4 5 or 6 the remakes if they well the 5 won't but if 4 or 6 have any voice uh, voice acting i don't think they do final fantasy 7 like i was okay without voice acting i know this is a ps1 era game same with 8 but in like you know, you wouldn't play Final Fantasy X without voice acting. That would be weird. Anyways, um, that's one of my only gripes. The one other thing is that this game has auto battle. I didn't know auto battle was a thing prior to Final Fantasy XIII. Final Fantasy XIII is, uh, well, some people have described it as, you know, you set it on auto and then you basically play a game without any encounters because the auto version of the the auto battle takes care of it. In this game, it's a little bit like that too. So grinding essentially involves walking around, you get into a random encounter, and then the computer takes over and does the latest attack that you did over and over. So you pick fight or you pick a spell, whatever it is that you do, when you set it to auto battle from that point on, it'll keep doing that same move across battles. So if I set a spell, I, I haven't tried it, but I think this is how it works. If you set a spell like lightning or something, or thunder probably, I don't know what it's called in this game. If if you set it and and you're fighting an enemy and you use that attack and then you set to auto battle every battle after that you will be using that lightning as long as you keep the auto battle on which i find really cool i think that's a, such an awesome idea because it doesn't mean that auto battle is like a smart ai taking over it doesn't mean that it'll just do physical attacks because maybe that's not the thing that you want to um you know focus on and then lastly you could be using items if this game allows you to cast items as spells you might be wanting wanting to do that so that you get your experience but you don't use any of your mana in my case i accidentally set it when i was using a potion so my character took all all of my four potions before i realized that the auto battle meant literally do the last thing i did over and over so i wasted all of my potions in a single battle that i didn't need them for yay me I think that's it for today's podcast. I obviously have a lot of impressions. I think I've shared most of it. The story so far is just so light, uh, right? I mean, the the wiki ended the story very, or ended that chapter very quickly. I did want to talk about the job system. I did want to talk about a lot of things, and there were a lot of things to discuss. And I'm I, I hear myself repeat now, but I wanted to talk about the the job system. I don't understand it. I'm excited to learn about it. But whenever you basically use your character for anything, you get experience toward two different I don't know two different different uh, aspects of your character, I guess. Your main character can gain experience and gain levels, like Lunith leveled up several times, but Lunith's job can level up as well. So I'm guessing that this allows you to switch jobs as you go along, though, you know, there's always a difference between uh, what it was designed to do and what it actually 
does well. So I don't know if switching classes is something that I'm going to be doing much, much of, but it is pretty cool that you have these base stats for your character that you can keep growing and then your job can keep growing too to make you more powerful in that area of expertise. I can't wait to find out more about it. I'll definitely report back. You know, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash yaffpodcast, Y-A-F-F podcast. Leave a rating, review, subscribe, hit some bells, you know, set something on fire. No, no, don't set anything on fire. But, you know, listen to this episode, listen to the next episode next week. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast.